Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Today's episode is 401, so season four, first episode. I'm excited to introduce to you my good friend, Josh Zolan. He has written a book that is a really awesome book. It, uh, it speaks to the people that are coming out of high school and they're not really sure what to do with their life. Uh, they're not really sure if the trades are good or if they should go to college or, you know, really what what's next. It's a perfect book and it's a really easy read. And honestly, I mean, I, I recommend picking up a couple of them and hand them to your counselor at the local high school if you um, have an issue like we do here where a lot of the schools, they're not really pushing students towards trades as much as I feel like they should. Having this book in the counselor's hands and some teacher's hands may help those students who could really benefit from being in the trades versus wasting time at college, knowing good and well that they, that's not their calling. It's probably the best way to say it. So Josh is from Arizona. He has a company that does hot side kitchen equipment, which is really cool. Uh, I don't run into a whole lot of people who have large hot side companies. Uh, most of the people that I, I talk to that have hot side companies, it's just like one or two guys. So it's really cool listening to Josh's story and talking to him about everything that he has going on with his business. They were uh, number f- 1,425th in Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies, which is amazing. I mean, not only is it awesome just in general, but it's extremely awesome for a um, hot side kitchen equipment, like that much of a niche down industry for him to go, for that company to grow that fast is pretty amazing story. But we're going to talk a little bit in this episode about the book in general, we're not going to give away everything because I want you to read it. It's a simple read and it's a, it's a very good read. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of the misconceptions within the trades and uh, why people like may have a stigma as to why they don't want to be in a trade or known as a tradesman. But with that being said, I'd like to introduce you to Josh. And don't forget to go pick up his book. It's called Blue is the New White. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you, Tersh. It's uh, good to be here, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. So you have, you're the author of a new book um, called The Blue, Blue is the New White, correct? Yes, sir. Perfect. So what made you think of creating that book and, and introducing this, these great topics to the industry? Um, do you feel like that this book has not been there before or um, kind of go into a little detail as to why, why you feel like this book is important for us? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I mean, I'll, I'll try to make a long story short. Uh, um, 
but uh, and don't hate me. I'm going to go all the way back to high school here. But I'll, I'll <laughs> go be, ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> I'll be brief. So when I was in high school, I was one of those kids. Like I, I was, I was smart enough to pass. You know, I was, I was a good, you know, B, C student because I didn't apply myself. If I did, I could have uh-huh. been an A student. You know, and um, I just hated school. I really did. I, I just, I just hated high school. You know, I, I was just one of those guys. So. Uh, you know, all through my high school career, I was kind of vocal about this, right? And and mm-hmm. to the dismay of my my teachers and especially my counselors. And oh yeah, <laughs> and and they kept calling me in their office and saying, "Hey, you know, are are you sure you don't want to go to college? You know, it really seems like you're passing up on this great opportunity." And blah blah blah. And I just had this this tick, you know, in the back of my head, like, "Hey, uh, I just don't think it's necessary." You know, I, I mean, on average. Uh, a modest uh, school budget for room, board, tuition, books, et cetera, you know, uh, is somewhere around $25,000 a year. And and mm-hmm. it's $100,000 for an education that I don't know that I need or I don't know that I want because I'm not exactly sure what I want to do the rest of my life. Mm. So uh, fast forward, I didn't end up going to college. Um, well, that's a lie. I took like half a semester of entrepreneurship one and and didn't go back. But right. another another story for another day. <laughs> um but from there, I kind of followed in my family's footsteps. They were all stunt people uh, in, in the film industry. So I made my way out to California. did that for a while. Still oh, had that. Yeah, well, it's bittersweet. Let's say bittersweet. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of fun to, to gloat about, but it hurt a lot, you know, uh, uh, at times. And um, uh, But I still had that tick in the back of my head, like, you know, there's this, this, I don't feel successful doing this. I'm, I'm succeeding in it, but I don't feel successful. Mm. So fast forward a couple more years. Um, my dad, uh, had a one man shop out here in, in Arizona, uh, just repairing restaurant equipment, just hot side, uh, nothing fancy, you know, ovens, fryers, stoves, that kind of thing. So, yeah. uh, I uprooted, you know, my California Hollywood lifestyle and, and moved out here to work with him because I felt like we could, uh, grow the business. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I, I knew nothing about the business. I, I'd taken apart toys as, as a kid and I always had that general curiosity for how things work, but I had never actually like turned a wrench. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I came out here, he, he taught me from the ground up to how to be a technician, you know, and, uh, uh, how to work on this equipment. And it was a niche that we had found, but it was, it was a great niche. And my dad's, you know, gift of gab kind of, uh, there was never a shortage <laughs> of work, you know, and, uh, I got to see that. And, and every, every time I learned something new every single day, it just, it seemed like the opportunity was just growing more and more and more. And it felt like I finally found what, what I was looking for. You know, I had no mm-hmm. idea that's what it would be, you know, splashing around in grease puddles all day. Um, but it, I mean, it, it just, I'm glad I found it. So let's say that. So as we started growing the business and bringing on more, uh, I mean, the first thing we needed was more technicians, right? So mm-hmm. we, we started to, to bring on technicians and then we started to realize, man, technicians are really hard to find. You know, yes. thought it was a fluke, thought it was a market. I didn't know much about the industry. I was still, still learning. You know, so then we found out, okay, well, okay, really good technicians are even harder to find. Right. And, and then once you did find them, how do you compete with what they're already 
making, you know, at, at other companies, you know, they got, they got benefits. Especially, for- yeah. If you're a small starting out company and you don't have all of those benefits and the insurance and everything else that you, you have to have 14 employees in order to qualify for. Absolutely. And this is all stuff we didn't know, you know, and we, we only found out because they were like, oh, well, I need, you know, insurance and 401k and, and, and this price point. And I'm like, yeah. well, okay. So, uh, we decided to, you know, bring on some inexperienced guys and train them up and, and stuff like that. But as the business grew, uh, you know, we, we started to find ways to recruit these technicians, but it was still evident that there was this glaring gap in, in the skills, you know, in the trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and for most of your listeners, I'm sure know all about the skilled trades gap, but, um, just, you know, for those that don't in a nutshell, it means that in this industry, there are more people right now retiring than entering into it. Uh, I think the last ratio I read was like three to one or five to one. Um, well, I believe it hundred percent. I know last year, the average HVAC service technicians age was like 54 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. If you think about that, that's, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's just a, a few years away from retirement. And that's a scary thing. You yeah. Know? That means that's the average. That means there's some that are going to be a lot older than that. And then there's very, very few that are younger than that to keep that average that high. It's crazy. Absolutely. I, I've got one guy on, on, on staff that's uh, that's 70 plus, I think he's 71 years old. He, he loves wow. to work, you know, but I mean, and he's got all the experience in the world. You know, I've got another, another guy that's in his seventies that, uh, his name is Jim. He's, he comes in and consults with us every once in a while. He's actually going to be a co-host on, on my podcast, but, um, either way, it's just this, this skills gap is so glaring. And so I started to look into why this is, you know, why aren't people coming into this industry? Uh, it can't be because you can't make money. It can't be because there's no opportunity because I saw it firsthand. I had no idea what the industry was. I went into it and, you know, I mean, the opportunity is just sitting there. This whole industry is low hanging fruit, you know. Um, now, what about what year was this that you were were searching for for employees? This was okay. So this had to be probably 2011 is when we first okay. started looking for employees, uh, technicians. 2015 is when we really started to recruit. Um, you know the the type of technician that that we were that we were looking for that we coveted you know um so between 2011 and 2015 is when i was kind of learning about all the this the trades gaps and stuff like that so that's whenever you developed your basically your target avatar of a the perfect technician exactly that, that four-year period three-year period yep absolutely it's a that's a very good way to put it so you know i kept i, I kept doing more and more research and and it was it, it's one of those things. It just, um, there wasn't a whole lot of information on it. And it was clear to me that the perceptions of the trades were the root of the problem. You know, mm-hmm. the way that people thought about tra- trades people. And I mean, it's just evident. Look at, you know, all the, the media portrayals of mechanics. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it, it's tough. And then, you know, during the 60s and 70s, there was this this big push for a college education, which was probably right for the time. You know, yep. but what it did was it just it instilled this idea in in that generation's head that the only way to succeed is to go to college. Um, yeah, to have that placard hanging on your wall. If you don't have that that framed image, uh, you're not successful. Exactly, exactly, and and that is just such outdated advice. 
you know, and I mean, for instance, I think it was uh, in 2016, Harvard uh, Business Review did a study, only 35% of college uh, grads jumped right into their career, 32% took another three years, and another 33% took eight years. So that's like 30 years old that they're starting their career, but then only Mm -hmm. 27% of those actually had a job that was even closely related to their major. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to ask because that that last 27% one, because I have so many friends who went to college that are not doing anything remotely near what their college degree is in. Uh, One guy is uh, my TM actually from train uh, here at my supply house. And uh, he has a degree. We're really good friends. He has a degree in um, DNR, Department of Natural Resources, Mm -hmm. uh, wildlife management type thing. A uh, four-year degree, five years, I think, after all the partying and everything. <laughs> uh, it, but he has that much debt and everything, um, only to be as soon as he went to take the entrance exam to actually work for the state of Georgia's Department of Revenue, uh, he was he failed out, and then they put it in his record so he can never work for the DNR now. Wow! And so five years of degree of college for a job that is basically minimum wage whenever you're whenever uh once you do start the job with the four-year degree and he can't do it he's much happier now and he makes a <laughs> lot more money working working in the trades uh, he's been a service technician in the past but uh it's it's not uncommon to hear stories just like his uh that you've gone to school and then you're not using that degree at all. Absolutely. You know, and, and people wonder why there's a $1.5 million debt crisis, you know, or I'm sorry, did I say million? I meant trillion. So yeah. let's, let's put it into perspective, you know, for, for your audience, what that actually means. Like, let's relate it to time, right? I did this in my book. One million seconds. Oh, yeah. Let's think of one million seconds. That's about 12 days in time. Yeah. One billion seconds equals about 32 years. One trillion seconds equals about 32,000 years. And we have $1.5 trillion in student loan debt across this country. And this is this is part of the reason why, right? Is because Absolutely. people, you know, they, they go to college assuming they're going to do one thing the rest of their life. And then and then they don't, you know, they do something else. The lucky ones make it into the trades, right? So they can pay off those, those student loans, um, you know, but the fact remains that the majority of students, you know, that, that go to college, uh, I think about 70% of them take out loans and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they aren't guaranteed a, a high income when they, when they graduate or even a job closely related to whatever it was that they studied. So, yeah. It's hard. I have a serious, I have a serious, serious problem with the way that colleges are for profit, mm-hmm. and um, they force you to take classes that are not necessary for you to learn. Like, I'm the type of person. Like, I, I went to college. Um, I went to school for industrial psychology, and I did that after I had already had a business. And the reason I went to school for that was so that I could learn how and why my technicians do what they do, and they're my teammates and everybody. So that's the whole the whole reason that I went back to school. It wasn't before I learned um, what I wanted to do. But the, the, when I went to school, I was so irritated with some of the classes that I was forced to take because they had absolutely nothing to do with what I wanted to learn. And it wasn't that I was an impressionable 18-year-old <laughs> just taking all the college courses that 
I could because I was getting loans and, you know, I was getting out of mom's house and it was just freedom for me to go party. Like I literally wanted to learn so that I could be a better leader for my technicians. And I was being forced to take courses that were completely just irrelevant to everything and paying a thousand dollars or $1,500 a cor- per course that I didn't want to spend money on or, or, or use. Um, but it was a requirement from the college, which is completely ridiculous in my Absolutely. Opinion. And I, I think I talk about that in my book too, is I, I have the same curiosity because it's like, you know, you, 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 you go to learn about one thing and you're learning about all these, these different things. Sometimes they pertain, sometimes they don't. And I mean, if you ask me more often than not, they, they don't, but like you, like you said, I think that the better way to look at college is kind of like how you did, you know, you, you need to take that time to figure out what, what you need to do, but then you, you, you go to gain that knowledge, not that degree, you know, um, it, you go yeah, for the knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think that totally. that is, uh, uh, that's absolutely true. And, you know, the other thing is at 18 years old, most everyone, some people know what they want to do. Right. But most people, you know, myself included, they're still trying to figure out, you know, themselves, oh, you yes. know, I, how Absolutely. to wash, how to wash dishes, how to wash laundry. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just, uh, so to ask them to figure out what they want to do the rest of their life at 18 years old is just that in itself, I think is a recipe for disaster. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're, we're also, we're in a, in a, we're in a lifespan, the millennials, quote unquote millennials. Uh, we're at a point to where we don't leave college and, and go to one job and stay there for the next 30 or 50 years. We're moving jobs, you know, on an average of eight, every 18 months. Um, and so to do, like you said, to go to college at 18 and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life is really unrealistic, especially according to the studies that are being shown right now. Um, you honestly, in my opinion, go try a trade. Mm-hmm. That's what my dad told me. And, and, uh, you know, he wanted me to do electrical, uh, but I wasn't really a fan of electricity. So what I do, I went and did <laughs> air conditioning. So I dealt with electricity all the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's, uh, just do an exactly opposite of whatever my dad said. Um, typical teenager, but, uh, it's, you go to a trade and, and, you try out the air conditioning and, or you try out the electrical, try out the plumbing, uh, try out the garage doors and they can transition across each other. Uh, once you've learned the mechanic, uh, once you developed your mechanical aptitude, uh, it's the, the there's, it's, it's unlimited what you can actually do if you put forth your effort. But, uh, before we dive deeper into the book, I, I want to hear from your words a little bit about your background other than uh coming from high school so what what we've heard already let's let's hear exactly what you have going on uh where you're located and uh, a little bit about your podcast too we're we're you know about 20 minutes into our podcast episode already uh so let's let's hear your introduction yeah absolutely sorry about that man sometimes i i go off on tangents (laughs) well i mean it's it's totally me because i was so excited to start talking about your book uh we just skipped right over you know your podcast um that's all right so uh i'm josh i'm i'm uh uh, CEO of Windy City Equipment Service uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. That's uh, uh, WCE for short. That's how a lot of people know us. Uh, 
we are a, a small but growing company. I uh, have up to about, I think, 40 employees now, something like that. Uh, That's not small. <laughs> well, you know, if you ask the the... <laughs> the, the revenue service yeah maybe if you ask tommy if, if you ask tommy, tommy Mello, you know it, the 200 yeah. employees you know but everybody else yeah 40 employees that's yeah. a lot oh, of headache. believe you me no it, it it's fun it's been a challenge you know we've got two branches now one in phoenix one in tucson we're uh, moving out of state here uh hopefully this year uh later wow. this year uh texas and new mexico uh work on our way closer wow. to you buddy no, um, <laughs> that's cool. Um, you know, but uh, and and last year we we were fourteen, number fourteen twenty nine on uh, Inc. Five thousand fastest growing companies in America. Um, so nice. it's it's been a it's been a ride. I'll I'll tell you that. Um, we have a uh, uh, podcast out right now, uh, kind of broadly branded as the Perception Evolution Project. We've got different series uh, underneath that umbrella, um, you know. But the 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 basis of the entire podcast is to bring to light the misperceptions that exist in this industry and in the trades. That's kind of our motto: is to to change the perception of the of the service industry. Um, mm. You know, so we've got a couple of different series. One is Blue is the New White. Uh, obviously, it kind of revolves around the book. We talk to uh, successful people in the trades, how they've achieved that success, and all of that. And then we've got a, a couple more, one, one geared directly to technicians and one, uh, geared toward, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like customers and users to kind of bring to light, uh, some perceptions they may have of tradesmen, you know, when they call them out. So it's like, uh, limiting their expectations and, and creating that reality of this is the reason why things do absolutely. Are done this way. Uh, yeah. And also this is why you pay what you pay. You know, um, exactly. So that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. And, um, you know, I still work closely with my dad. Uh, earlier, I had said he he brought me out here to work side by side with him uh, in his one man shop. And uh, that's what I did. <laughs> that's, that's a big <laughs> jump. And that's uh, y'all started or uh, you went over there when and I'm guessing like, oh, yep, that's right. Ish. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, cool. So let's get let's get back into the book. Uh, it's a really good book, and I like how you introduced it uh, in the in the beginning and just talk started talking about uh, you know if you went to college or if you're you know if this is how you were in high school um, you know and you're leaning towards college or if this is how you were in high school you know you maybe you you had no intentions of going to college type type yeah thing. you know so we took a, a unique angle on um, the demographic for the book so y you may have noticed uh, that the book is kind of it's written to be heard and read by young young the younger generation uh, it's it's written to be understood by high school students um, and it's written mm -hmm. to ultimately persuade them uh, but it's also filled with the facts where it can be used as a resource because it's very it's very difficult to market directly to high school students that are already under one perception because uh, you know uh, they've been told that their entire lives so that's what all they've yeah, heard <laughs> exactly so you know um we kind of wrote it to first give to those who influence them parents teachers guidance counselors, stuff like that. So they could read the book first, understand it, appreciate it, and then say, here you go. You need to read this. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping to get into some high schools and, and talk to some students um, and ultimately 
the whole idea of the book is to start closing that skilled trades gap to bring to light how successful a career in the trades could be not only monetarily but you know personal success you know uh uh mental physical you know the whole nine yards it, it's really a complete package and you can mold a career in the trades to whatever your passion is um mm -hmm. you know which i think is uh, how do i put this too many too many people these days are told hey follow your dream follow your passion you know but a lot, a lot of times <laughs> passion doesn't pay the bills you know what i mean so yeah. and and that's great you know to to do what you love but in in my eyes there's a couple more elements to it so number 1 do what you have to do in order to succeed and give you the time to do what you want to do or find something within whatever it is that you do that you have a passion for like and when i when i yeah. when i say that i mean like take me for example you know i don't get a thrill from fixing a fryer i <laughs> you know it's right. not something i wake up in the morning and i say all right i'm gonna go replace a blower motor today you know it's just it yeah. that's not me but i do have a passion for for uh helping people um, I have a, I have a passion mm -hmm. for, for making things work to, for figuring things out. Um, you know, and I, I have a passion for growing and building something bigger than myself and I can do all of those things from within the trades. I started as a tech and it was hard work and it, and it will be hard work, but I'd argue that whether you go to college and you're a, a lawyer, a doctor, uh, you know, uh, or you start in the trades and you're a technician or a salesman, if you're unwilling to do hard work, then you've already kind of sealed your fate, you know? <laughs> it, so hard work, people Absolutely. shouldn't fear hard work. Um, mm -hmm. So, and it, yeah. I, I mean, I really, I, I like all of that. And I, I, what you said is a, is very, true in a lot of people i feel like i'm the same way when it comes to so like i'm, I'm not super gung-ho about working on air conditioning units but what i am gung-ho about is providing a service to somebody that uh, a satisfactory service so whenever somebody else can't figure out their air conditioning or their refrigeration and then we can come in and say oh well, this is the problem and you know we're going to solve this and take care of, take care of your needs. And then to the satisfaction that they have and to see the joy on their face, whenever a solution is actually presented to them that will fix their problems. Uh, I get, I like that portion of it. I have that, that that's whenever my dopamine receptors <laughs> really start kicking in fire. Uh, and, and that's what I really enjoy. Now, don't get me wrong. Like whenever I listen to my buddy, Brian Orr's podcast, and we start talking about the technical side of stuff and, and all that stuff, I like to get out there and get my hands dirty with the measure quick app and all that stuff. And, um, Sometimes I annoy the technicians because I'll go out there and I'm like, hey, you know, show me the Measure Quick app and show me how this does this and, you know, how your Bluetooth uh, tools are all integrated and, and all this other technology. And so I start geeking out on that kind of stuff. And they're like, come on, man, just let me fix this air <laughs> conditioning unit. <laughs> let me fix this refrigerator. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm like you. It's, it's not necessarily like the air conditioning that or repair that is actually driving me. To, to stay in the trades and to promote the trades, it's more like everything else that's involved with it. That like me being able to share on this podcast, my experience as a business owner and 
how that has impacted everything, whether it's mental health or whether it's, you know, making more money or just uh, living comfortably, you know, with our life. And, and it's not just like, Hey, I'm, I'm super stoked about. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that that right there, exactly what you said is what people need to understand about the trades is that the, the deep sense of personal satisfaction that can come with it is, uh, I mean, it's, it's worth its weight in gold, right? I mean, how many people define success that way? Probably a lot. Yeah. And, and they say that, you know, the people that are driving Ferraris and you have, you live in a big mansion and you have three uh, houses in the mountains and whatever at the beach, that's success. But and ultimately it's like going to bed at night, not stressed out, like uh, being, having that peace of mind and knowing that you're happy, you know, with what you do and you're satisfied, you're satisfied with what you're doing day in and day out. Um, I feel like that's absolutely. And, and I would agree with that. You know, also, uh, laying your head on the pillow at night, knowing that you accomplished something great, you know, that's, that's the only way I can sleep at night, but it wasn't always that way. You know, when I was in high school, I wanted the cars, I wanted the, the houses, I wanted the, you know, yeah. everything. And then you grow up and, and you, you understand, uh, the difference between material success and, and, you know, personal fulfillment really. Um, and and it just you know and that's why i'm so passionate about about this industry is because it changed me it changed me for the better and i think that it could do the same for uh you know just about anybody who enters into it yeah sure some people are going to hate it to the point where they're going to quit i've seen it before um you know but a mm. lot of people won't so you know and if it's all right with you i'd like to just touch on a couple of the uh the misperceptions that i think a lot of people can relate to um when it comes to the trades oh, yeah so, so the Let's first thing it. I do is I, I, I tell anybody, I say, okay, close your eyes and just picture for me a plumber, picture a plumber walking into your house to fix your sink. You know, what, what do you see? And I don't think I've had anybody say anything else besides, uh, you know, dirty jeans, ass crack hanging out. Sorry. I, sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a poor expression on his face. Genuinely, you don't, you know, smile is never included in that description. Um, you know, and this is, this is the, yep. the image that we, that I shouldn't say we, cause I don't have it and you don't have it, but the, the majority of the population, right. This is how they view not only plumbers, but electrician, electricians, HVAC techs, refrigeration techs, you know, um, whatever it may be. Uh, and it's just, it's completely wrong. And that's, that's what I want to touch on. So the, the first perception is that the trades don't pay well. Right. And I think you can back me up on this. I mean, the, the trades are some of the highest paying jobs I adventure to say in the country. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and we can touch on that a little bit, but you know, all the, the tables and stats and stuff are, are in the book. Um, you know, if you're curious about, uh, what exactly I'm talking about and how much can be made in the trades, it's astronomical. It really is. Oh yeah. Um, it really is. the second one is that the trades are dirty and yeah, you know what? Some trades are dirty and, and that's fine. You know, when you were a kid, you, you played in the mud, no, didn't think anything of it, right. You enjoyed yourself. And uh, now's an opportunity to get paid mm -hmm. for it if that's the the route you decide to go. You know that specific trade, um, but but that's the thing is that what does dirty have to do 
with anything. Okay. It's just, it's just a different way to define hard work. Um, but also I, I feel like there are certain people that are going to get dirty no matter what they do. Uh, even if they're doing a clean job, they're going to be a dirty, you know, they're just going to be yeah. dirty. Cause I know some guys that, uh, work in commercial kitchens. We have guys that work in commercial kitchens that, you know, they wear the, the black gloves every time they do <laughs> something, they, their tool bag always goes on one of the rags. You know, they'll grab a rag from the, the commercial kitchen, set it on the floor. Their tool bag sits on top of that. They wear the booties inside any, anywhere where it's dirty. So their shoes don't get dirty. Um, and it's not to protect the commercial, the, the client's floors, it's to protect their <laughs> shoes. So their shoes don't get nasty. Uh, and those guys, they're wearing khaki. I mean, my guys wear khaki pants and a black polo shirt. And those are two things that show a lot of dirt. And they, by the end of the day, they still look pretty clean. Um, and it's not for lack of doing work. It's just, they're just conscious about every time that their tools get put back in their tool bag, they have the little, the hand wipes that they wipe down their tools and so their tools don't aren't covered in grease and you know oil you know uh fryer oil or anything like yeah, that yeah absolutely and you know so and there's going to be circumstances where you know it just it's going to be inevitable like i i think i in the book right. i tell a story about how i was working on a pizza oven and uh uh you know they forgot to put the stop on the end of the conveyor the customer did you know the cook and uh, that pizza flipped right upside down on top of me melted cheese all over my head my bag you know i mean it just it happens but Yep. But who cares? I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, stop. It it, it it shouldn't even be a perception, you know, because it shouldn't have any influence on it. But a lot of the kids that I talk to are like, eh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to really get that dirty and greasy and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I really feel like Hollywood has villainized the trades. Uh, every time you see something on a, on a video or a movie, it's like the plumber bent over underneath the sink with his crack hanging out. Mm -hmm. uh, and like you're just super dirty and it's it's really not like that most most plumbers you talk to as as far as i the conversations that i have they almost become offensive when you start talking about plumbers correct because they are so self-conscious of it that that's what people perceive that they are like very careful not to show plumbers crack, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, meanwhile, they're, you know, they're driving back to their 7,000 square foot house, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and that's the truth is that it's, it's a, it's just a perception, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and additionally to it, you know, if you are in a trade or do decide to go in a trade that, that you do get dirty, cause you know, in circumstances, like we just talked about, it's going to be inevitable. Um, yep get over it, you know, because there's other avenues that you can then take if it really bothers you that much. But if you have that experience, I mean, you could get into management, you can get into sales, you could get into, yeah. you know, entrepreneurship, business ownership. I mean, there's just, there's an unlimited number of, of directions you can go from there. So, uh, you got to pay your dues. Totally. Um, Agreed. you know, and then the, the third, uh, misperception is that the trades are for dumb people. And, and there's really no other way to put it, right? Is that's like mm -hmm. you said, you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, Hollywood has kind of villainized this and, and you can see it. I think I gave the example in the book of uh, Putty from Seinfeld for all you Seinfeld fans out there. You know, uh, just you, somebody called him a grease monkey. And, you know, his response was, I don't know how many monkeys uh, can take apart a fuel injector, you know. Um, 
you know, and it's like it, that's that cuts through it right there is to be in the trades, you know, especially HVAC, refrigeration, even even hot side uh, equipment, yeah. stuff like that. You're talking about combustion, evaporation, superheat pressures, you know, and and that's that's just the technical aspect of the equipment. I mean, you're constantly testing your your memorization skills, your research ability. Uh, I mean, you know, you have to be here. Let's put it this way. Merriam-Webster, right, defines intelligence as the ability to apply knowledge to manipulate one's environment. That's and exactly that's the trades. <laughs> that's the trades, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, it's crazy. I mean, and you didn't even mention the, the customer service side. Oh, yeah. Once you've, once you've mastered the technical side, uh, you still have to have that. Uh, you have to be able to communicate with people. And granted, there are technicians out there that cannot communicate well, but they, the really good ones, they really can communicate um, exactly what's going on with the system and connect emotionally with the client. And if you can connect emotionally with the client, it's easier to explain a lot of the things that they like. Nobody wants to feel dumb. And when we're talking to a person that's never touched a piece of equipment and we're trying to explain to them what the problem is and how we're going to solve their issue and, 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 you know, reduce their concern with, with the entire experience. Um, if you're able to communicate that better with them, they trust you more. They're more at peace. They're less likely to look over your shoulder to make sure they don't, you know, because they, they feel like you're ripping them off or anything like that because you just communicate and you're just, you know, a normal person to them. Uh, and it doesn't, it takes intelligent people to do that. You know, a dumb person is not going to be able to communicate that with somebody. So, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly that, that the trades are far from ignorant people. They're not dumb people at all. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that communication you mentioned, that's, that's a real skill and that takes real real talent, you know, um, if, if you're not a good communicator, don't let that deter you from being in the trades either, because of course. It, it's a learned skill. It is a learned skill, you know, and, and it's a skill you can take outside the trades too, you know, and I, that's what I've done. I, the trades taught me how to communicate better. Um, and, and I apply it to every area of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, yeah, don't let that deter you because uh, and I, I go over a list of characteristics that the the trades build um, in the book. And I don't remember if communication was outwardly one of them, but I know that it was uh, tied into a lot of what I uh, what I talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, yeah, so um, the last misperception that uh, I think is evident is that the trades are only for men that it, uh, there is really no place for women in the trades and that's just completely wrong too. And yes, it, it is a male dominated industry right now, mm -hmm. but it doesn't need to be. It's, it, it's an, I mean, it really is an equal opportunity industry because it, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter, you know, man or, or woman, as long as you can get the job done and you have all the characteristics that it takes to, you know, uh, the fun, let's call them fundamentals, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there, there is no defining gender. You know what I'm saying? Um, a woman can be just as successful in the trades, uh, if they put forth the exact same effort. I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, actually our goal with icebound this year is to have uh, 51% of uh, females as technicians. 
So we That's are amazing. Yeah, we're actively searching for uh, ladies in our area to train and uh, introduce them into the industry. That's fantastic. And that's exactly the kind of push that that we need, because that's a, that's another great way to, to close the gap. Right. Is mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're missing out on an entire demographic of people, um, you know, that that a lot of them could work circles around existing Absolutely. trades people. And they're so meticulous, like uh, the, yes. the ladies that I've worked with, um, they are the attention to detail is there. Whereas my guys, they're um, very much problem solvers and they're like, OK, let's get into the technical side of things. And then the ladies, they're like, um, this looks like trash. So let's get this cleaned up before we get started <laughs> uh, figuring out the actual um, why you have an electrical short, you know. Yeah. And that is it's super important. Yeah. Like, why is your airflow bad? Well, first off, it looks like complete garbage over here. You <laughs> need to seal all this ductwork and, and get that going first. And, uh, so that it's, it's honestly, it's two different ways of thinking that reach the same, uh, end goal, but it's very much, uh, our industry has been missing the, the ladies in mm-hmm. there. And I think that that's going to be a great, um, added added benefit uh, to our industry. Absolutely. But it's, it's easy for us to say, hey, let's add more ladies to the industry. Um, it's it's more difficult to actually get them into the industry. I'm Absolutely. Finding. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Um, you know, and that's and that's kind of, you know, I touch on that a little bit in the book too. And 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 I hope it resonates with uh um you know with some ladies out there that uh you know this this industry could be uh it's just so, so beneficial and so, uh, you know, successful. You could be so successful in it. Yeah. So there, you shouldn't let the fact that right now and typically has been male dominated deter you, you know, from, from entering into it. I mean, that's, that should, if anything, that should be a motivator, you know? Yeah. And I also like the fact that you, in the book, you brought up Aaron, um, from, um, What's the name of his company? XOI. Yeah, XOI. So we had him on the podcast uh, January or February of this year. And it's really cool that you you brought him into it, even though that he's <laughs> not like, like get your hands dirty technician type thing. Uh, can, you want to like kind of spin that or explain how you bring someone from the technology side of things uh, into the book? Yeah. So I talk about all the different ways that uh, – uh, the trades create opportunity. Right. And, you know, one of the things that Aaron had, had once said to me, um, is that, you know, he, he doesn't consider himself a, a tradesman per se, but he serves the trades, you know? And I think that, uh, for a brief stint there after college, he had said that, uh, he worked in a factory of, uh, of some kind. Um, and I know he worked closely with, uh, with John and something that they were doing. So I, he has trades backgrounds, but mm-hmm. right now he had transitioned, transitioned himself into an industry that serves the trade, which is one of the trajectories that I mentioned in the book that you can take it, you know, you have to have that that background, that knowledge, that those fundamentals. You know, everything's that that the trades teach you. Um, but there's no reason why you can't transition it to uh, being CEO of a company that serves the trades, that serves the people. You know that uh, um, you know 
as Aaron would say, the salt of the earth folks that, that make the world turn. <laughs> Aaron's you know? a really cool guy. I mean, you see him, he's one of the, I don't know. I, when I seen him, uh, the perception, I had a different perception. And then when I ever actually started talking to him, when I started talking to him, it was like, okay, you're not, this isn't exactly where I expected this conversation to go. <laughs> He's a really, really great guy. Yeah. Yeah. And a great team over there. Um, you know, I work with, uh, with their whole team and, and just a, a, a wonderful company to, uh, to be a part of. Um, but yeah, he, he had some interesting perspectives that I really thought would do well, uh, in the book because it's just a, another way of, of viewing things. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so is there any, I don't want to give all the details on the book because I really want people <laughs> to go out and buy it and read it. And the thing about it is, is whenever I say read it, like I'm a reader, but I'm not like a super big reader. I'm a very much an audiobook listener, but mm -hmm. this book is such a natural read. Uh, it's like reading a post off of your social media, but in a good way. <laughs> so it's, it's a simple read uh, for those people who may be listening and they're like, oh, I'm not a really re good, um, you know, big time reader. I think it's what, 160 pages 170 pages or something like mm -hmm. that uh, but it's a super like it's a really good read and i challenge whoever's listening to this episode to pick up a couple of copies uh it actually releases on amazon in may 28th of 2019 is that correct that's right okay and as soon as it's released i, I challenge you to pick it up uh pick up a couple of copies of it and share it after you've read it share it with your counselors go to go to your local high school uh instead of complaining about not being able to find employees and technicians and all that other stuff, um, take the book to your counselor, challenge your counselors to read it, uh, and ask them to share it because they have somebody in mind after reading this book, um, explaining the way that you, Josh, how you were in high school. I was pretty much the same way. I kind of got messed up in high school, um, where I transferred from one school to the other and, my credits were really weird from the school that I came from to the, where I went and I wound up in college in high school because I ran out of classes to take at the new school. Um, uh, and my counselor was always like, Hey, if you'd put forth more effort, you know, you could be, you know, even higher in the rankings and, you know, your class sitting, you know, where you're ranked in class. I'm like, yeah, but I don't really have to. So why? <laughs> uh, and so, um, counselors they they know that person they know the person that's like me like you josh and uh they they're like i wish that this person would put forth more effort or put forth you know try and figure out what they're doing with the life and I, th I feel like this book is a perfect book to give to every counselor in the country because yeah. they can share it with that person in their school Yep, absolutely. And, and that's why it's uh, uh, written to be such an easy read, too. I want it to be used as a reference. I don't want it to, to feel like a homework assignment. You know, uh, I just wanted to, to talk in my natural in my natural tone, you know, and um, and I wanted the book to come off like a uh, like an easy conversation, you know, with somebody who doesn't know what they want to do. Yeah, and it's exactly how it came off. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. If you're listening to this episode and you made it to the end and, and you know, I appreciate it and thank you for that. Um, make sure you're checking out Josh on social media. We connected on LinkedIn and uh, you have you you're constantly posting stuff, uh, different interviews, uh, like Mike Mayberry. I've seen you interview mm -hmm. him and, and 
just uh, you've interviewed a ton of people and it's all published there on, on LinkedIn. Um, you're doing a lot of them face to face, which is really awesome that you can do that and and share that. Um, I have a face for radio, so it's kind of uh, <laughs> better for just to do straight podcast. But <laughs> the, uh, it, it, if you're on LinkedIn, make sure you connect with Josh. Uh, follow everything that he's doing. They even with uh, Windy City um, that you have a lot of stuff going on, and it's really cool to. to I've kind of followed you from, from afar and, uh, I appreciate everything that you're doing for the industry and, and getting, getting the industry more white collar than blue collar in a good way, not in the bad way, uh, mm. that there's a perception of the uh, white collar being bad, but, uh, you're totally doing it in, in a good way. And, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And you know, I, I, all I want, my main goal is, is to have, uh, the trades regarded in the same conversation as any other career that could be deemed successful so that's that's the goal cool well the book is a good start uh you've done a great <laughs> job with the book uh is there anywhere else that that people should connect make sure you're listening to uh the podcast the perception evolution project uh, which is pretty much everywhere correct yeah spotify itunes um libsyn yeah the uh, podcast is everywhere we also have a uh pretty popular youtube channel for windy city equipment um kind of go over some basic repairs industry knowledge uh industry vlogs uh, all of the uh the uh face-to-face -face podcasts are uh broadcasted there so um it's uh it's a good channel to check out otherwise at josh zolan everywhere else awesome man thank you so much again for coming on podcast all right thank you terch i appreciate you having me man yes sir we'll talk again soon all right So you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you again for listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast for service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. If you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend. Uh, also, think about giving us a review. Actually, do more than thinking about it. Please uh, give us a five-star review and, and jot down a few words. Give me a, a note. I love reading those and uh, and getting back to the, the people that leave those reviews. If you do have any questions, feel free to reach out to me anywhere on social media. It's Tershblissett, at Tershblissett, T-E-R-S-H-B-L-I-S-S-E-T-T, -T, or Tersh at icebound.us. That's my email address. Feel free to reach out to me. And with that being said, I look forward to talking to you again next week on the Service Business Mastery Podcast.